Live from the Subaru of Gwinnett Studio, CAB Incorporated presents Celebrating Powerhouse Women. Now, here's your host, Amanda Pierch. Hello and welcome to the Celebrating Powerhouse Women series on Business Radio X. We're excited to have you join us for this series that salutes and recognizes women who are making an impact in our community. This show is presented by CAB Incorporated. Since 1982, CAB Incorporated has been a distinguished leader in manufacturing and global sourcing, serving a variety of industries including infrastructure, hydraulics, automotive, and rail with their precision, machined, and iron steel products. As a woman-owned company, CAB is proud to be the presenting sponsor of the Celebrating Powerhouse Women series. This series is also brought to you in part by McCarthy Building Companies and Cat Rangers. This morning, I am honored to welcome our powerhouse guests, Dr. Jan Joseph, president of the Georgia Gwinnett College, and Jury Hewitt-Miller, founder and principal of Wealth Horizon. Good morning, ladies. Good, Good morning. morning. Thank you for being here with us today. We will start with Dr. Joseph. And we'll dive right in. I'm so pleased and honored to have you here. Thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule. I know you've been making a lot of appearances here lately. So mm -hmm. thank you for your time. Happy to be here. Thank you. Dr. Joseph, why don't you start by telling us a little bit about your current role as president of Georgia Gwinnett College and how you got to be where you are today. Again, thank you so much for having me on. I'm so um, pleased to be here in Gwinnett County and to serve as the third president of Georgia Gwinnett College. I started on July 1st of last year after national search, and um, I couldn't be more pleased to join the community. Gwinnett has been welcoming. It's just an amazing place. You know, I encourage everybody to come and check us out. We're a great place to live, and um, I'm excited about my college. So... For those of you who don't know of me, I came out of um, first starting my higher ed career at Grand Valley State University in Michigan. Then I went on to Eastern Michigan University, um, again with progressive roles there from an associate dean to a dean. Then I was an executive vice chancellor and interim chancellor at IU South Bend, Indiana University South Bend. And then from there, I came to Georgia Gwinnett College last July. So I've been in higher ed for almost a couple, um, three decades now. Started off, of course, in Trinidad. For those of you who are listening, you hear the accent. And Beautiful I'm from accent. Tr Thank you. Mm -hmm. And I'm from Trinidad and Tobago. Um, I grew up, you know, in very humble environments in Trinidad and Tobago as the last of five kids. And, you know, throughout my, my time, I've just sort of like hunker down, work really hard, spent considerable time in school, um, had excellent support from my deceased husband, Edwin Joseph, um, raised three kids, and, you know, I just fought for it all through the years. So um, I've just been enjoying higher ed and just excited to be uh, the third president at Georgia Gwinnett College and uh, an opportunity to take the campus to the next level. Absolutely. And you look like a woman who takes charge, so I'm sure you've made great strides throughout your presidency there. Tell us a little bit about what your inspiration was to serve in higher education. Well, I think it really goes way back to when I was a teacher back in Trinidad. Um, I, I just had an amazing group of people always supported me, even when I was in high school. I, I just always liked to to make a contribution. I, I don't remember ever being a person who stood at the sidelines um, 
I just have no recollection of that in my early childhood, even to teenagehood. I always was part of a solution, if at all I could find it. Um, so uh, I was just inspired to teach. Um, I was doing research. I didn't have the research job that I wanted, so I was teaching, and then I fell in love with teaching. I taught middle school in Trinidad, and when I moved to the U.S., I had a chance to work with some amazing faculty at the University of Wisconsin in on the Madison campus, the flagship campus who were very instrumental, you know, people like Joe Handelsman and Paul Williams, um, really notable um, scientists, and of course, nationally known scientists. And they were people who really were amazing role models for me, particularly Joe Handelsman, who is at Yale now, an amazing um, professor, teacher, uh, dedicated to helping people become really good stewards of the knowledge that we gain and how we share that. So um, they inspired me to really pursue higher ed and higher ed teaching and higher ed research as appropriate, but to give back to the next generation. And that's very important, giving Mm -hmm. back. Tell us a little bit about what's ahead as you engage the students at um, GGC. Well, GGC is on a roll. Uh, we have grown from our early start where we started with 118 students back in 2006 to now almost 13,000 students. Wow. Uh, yes, it's been phenomenal. Um, just like how Gwinnett was growing, GGC grew. And now we have the most ethnically diverse campus in the Southeast region. We're the largest undergraduate institution in the nation. And the next direction for us is to expand our programs to ensure we have more majors to serve our community. Uh, We are the only public institution in a county of almost a million people. So we are aware that we have to expand some of the majors, but mostly we're focused on ensuring that we remain an access campus Campus, but not just an access campus, but a choice institution. So we are growing our honors program, we are expanding our learning communities, and we're also finding ways to ensure that the students who come in with less preparation, not because they're not um, intellectually able, but because they didn't have the preparation in high school, we are seeking opportunities to have more intensive support for them, to ensure that they're able to connect, not just in learning communities, but have supplemental instruction, mm-hmm. continue to put them in even smaller class sizes. We Our average class size is just 21 students, but wow. for those students, we are actually going to have more intensive support for them. The idea is to have the entire boat float, not just the ones that come in as access, but the ones that come in as honors. And then we are about seven, more than 7,000 approaching 8,000 alums. And we know that those students are going to make a difference, not just in Gwinnett County, but in, I mean, the great state of Georgia, nationally and globally. Mm -hmm. That's very exciting. Um, Tell us a little bit about um, the boards that you serve on. You Mm -hmm. mentioned a lot of, um, excuse me, a lot of participation in mm-hmm. a lot of committees and I know yes. that you serve on multiple boards mm-hmm. um, speak about a little bit a little bit about the um, roles that you have within the boards yeah well one of the things I'm most excited about because you know I have several interests but I well, things I want to highlight is really about my um, recent um, chance to serve on Rainbow Village because the reason why that is exciting for me is that I, you know, people say, dare for the love of God, go I, as you know, people say that. But this this is really about supporting women and children who are homeless. Mm-hmm. And it's so easy to see us as women because we're here as powerhouse women, but we are here because people supported us and we made lots of sacrifice. So the mm-hmm. chance to serve on a board where I am able to directly impact 
women who are now in that disenfranchised group. I am now enfranchised. I'm now engaged. But to have a chance to serve women and their children, you know, as a mother of three, three sons, as a grandmother um, of four um, kids, I could see how easy it their lives could have been different if my life was different. So how do I support these women and their children through my, my work and my, my, my resource sharing in that board and, and in that space so that these women could become who I am? Those Their children could have the opportunities that I had. That's amazing. I've actually um, seen at some of the after hours, the chamber events, the Rainbow mm-hmm. Village, they come mm-hmm. and um, just trying to spread the message. Yes. And that's a, a wonderful initiative. I yeah. applaud you for being a yeah. participant. Mm-hmm. That's just one of many of the boards and mm-hmm. committees that you serve on. And that's one that's near and dear to your heart. Mm-hmm. Are you able to tell us a little bit about any that you serve on um, yeah. in the capacity at the at the college? Well, at the college, because I'm relatively new, I'm not serving as many boards as I serve in my previous institution. But one of the things I am really excited about is the Tongong relationship that exists uh, in Gwinnett County and beyond. Um, being active in the chamber in particular, I feel this really strong connection to so many people, including you know my new powerhouse mates. So the mm-hmm. next thing we're going to hear from her soon. Um, but certainly I feel that in that environment, I'm able to give back. You know, um, I'm able, when asked to come and speak to other women as I was able to do last week at the GLOW um, initiative and to share of my own story and out of that I have so many cards that I got from people or cards that I give to them and I'm already networking with Mm -hmm. so many people and people have asked me to support them and mentor them and to to help them understand so I'm already planning a various little coffee here or tea there to sit with with women who I speak to who hear me speak and I show them I'd be some of them out there hearing me now is that I am available, I'm accessible, um, you know, I'm easy to find at GGC um, president at ggc.edu. So it's easy to communicate with me and I want to give back to the community. Mm-hmm. I want to help women in any way I can achieve what I have achieved and even more. That's very exciting, mm-hmm. and that's wonderful that you you say that you're so accessible. Oftentimes, people, even for mentorship, they might admire someone mm-hmm. or think highly or listen or follow your work, but they think that you might not be accessible as a real, tangible human. I so am. the fact that you're dissolving that barrier is yes. so exciting. I want to be approachable. I want to be accessible. I want to pay it forward because I know the importance of that. I know the importance of a person looking at you and telling you, yes, you can do this. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't be here if people didn't say to me, yes, you should apply for this job. I was nominated for this job. I didn't even know Georgia Gwinnett College existed. Um, A colleague who had faith in me saw this position and said, this seems like a really good fit for where you could be, where you could live, where you could have the passion, where you could support first generation students as you were, because that's what GGC is about. We support First, more than 60% of our students are first generation. They're on grants, they're on federal aid. They are coming to college um, with parents who have not been in college. Um, they are coming to, to, to college without all the advantages that so many of us had. I mean, and I was, I'm a first generation college person myself. My, my brother, Robert, and I'm going to give him a shout out because <laughs> I'm going to send him a link to this, who taught me to read. So I have to say it publicly, Aww. tell the whole world you taught me to read, Robert. Robert. But um, certainly it's like, he went to college first and then that gave me a little edge in. Yeah. But I look back and I think about how tough it would have been for him as the first, first, first in the family, um, totally on your own 
navigating the space. So the idea is how do we make ourselves accessible for those of us who got somebody, even if it's one person ahead of us or two people to say, you can do this. Two mm-hmm. people to say, um, in my first role, um, where I had, you know, Paul Heisinger say to me, um, you could be the coordinator of this program when I stepped down and I, when I retire. And he was my mentor. He was a chair of the search committee and we remained friends for a long, long time. But the fact that he said to me, you could do this, set me on the path to doing administrative work and a chance. Because if you don't get into that sort of vein of administrative work in higher ed, you don't become a college president. You Mm -hmm. just don't get up and do it. You have to go through the ranks. But he set me on that That first path. Mm -hmm. And here I am. So you look at that. Throughout my time, throughout my career, I was willing to work hard. I was willing to do the extra thing. You know, my mother always says, you know, you need to have a, be at the ship, be at a harbor when the ship comes in. And I said, well, I need a ticket. And then I decided I just didn't want a ticket and be at the harbor. I need to have a first class ticket because I was not going in steerage. But certainly you keep aspiring for more and more and more from the people who told you that you could do it. And then when you have accomplished it, I have accomplished to the height of what you could expect from my career as a campus president. What else do I have to do now except help others? This is not about me. This is about all the people that helped me get here, the shoulders I'm standing on and how I give back to the ones who I need to pull up with me. So I'm excited for the opportunity. Well, thank goodness for women like yourself that are willing to put forth the effort and the time to Hmm. to lead, guide, and direct. I couldn't think of anything else I'd rather do. Your passion obviously shines through in the way that you tell your stories and all of the participation that you give to um, your colleagues and your students. Tell us what your why is. Why do you jump out of bed in the morning, Dr. Joseph? Because I'm grateful. Um, I have on my wall a, a big thing that says thankful, and I literally open my eyes and I see it, and I and I am acutely aware how fortunate I am. Um, my life has not been like an easy peasy life. I've had lots of difficulties. You know, as I refer to my deceased husband, I lost my husband mm-hmm. um, after a very long battle with cancer. So I understand um, how I understand how people feel when they have a hard day. Mm-hmm. I understand. And I try to be empathetic. I try to um, make sure that if I got up today, there was a purpose. Today, I got up and I said, okay, I'm going to be on the radio. I might as well know that I have to do that right because whatever I say is going to be recorded forever. So (laughs) how do I not... How do I only say something that's uplifting and positive? Mm-hmm. So that's what wakes me up every morning is the is the idea of that I have another day to do something that's good, that's right, that's uplifting, that's helpful, um, that would contribute to making somebody do better, feel better, um, work harder, mm-hmm. just think more positively about where they are. Um, so that was. That's why I get up here. That's my why. That's a great why. I, I really want to do something good with my life. Mm-hmm. I want my legacy to be that I didn't break it <laughs> on my way out. I think you're going to leave behind a wonderful <laughs> legacy. I know so many Thank people already you. revere you within the community. Thank you. And to that vein, um, going along kind of with what you would advise maybe a young professional um, as an inspiration – what would you recommend to them if they're indecisive about the direction of their career or maybe that they're just having trouble reaching that mountaintop? Mm-hmm. What would you advise to someone out there listening to kind of surmount that hurdle? Yeah. Well, here's what I'm not going to tell them. I'm not going to tell them you can do it. I'm not going to tell them you're the best. I'm not going to tell them 
don't give up. Um, because I think those things are too simple to say, and I'm sure hundreds of people already said that to them. What I'm going to say to them, map it out. What do you want to do? Set specific goals. Mm. Um, don't just be your best. Be something. So I got up this morning and I said, I want to be my best on the, on the radio today. And then I said, okay, what does that mean? So I have to reflect on what are the things I really want to say when I ask? Um, what are the things that are important for me? What's mm-hmm. my list? What do I read about, think about this morning? So I think sometimes we tell people, oh, go be great. Um, you're the best. Um, you're wonderful. Um, you could do it. But what, is that? what does do it mean? Right. So I would say to them, sit with somebody, find mentors, find people who care about you, whether it be family, friends, and sort of map it out. Set personal goals and set personal and professional goals hmm. for every day uh, towards this thing that you want. What do you want to do in 10 years yeah. and what do you want to do today to get you one step? I think, you know, we're going to talk about finances and stuff soon with other people, um, but everything is incremental and we are in this environment that we almost want to play like a lottery with life we want to take a chance one day and just win big it doesn't happen like that um it's incremental what's the increment for today and then achieve it yes and achieve it that's what i would tell them set the goals but don't just make a storyboard and put a picture of a beautiful house Mm -hmm. that you want to have and and i'm not saying these are bad things i think it's good to have those vision boards and i know how important they are but sometimes we spend so much time with the dreaming that we're not pragmatic enough to create a plan create a plan and not just create a plan work the plan Mm -hmm. live the plan get up every day and Talk about the plan. Think about the plan. Say out loud where you want to be. Positive affirmation. Yes. Positive affirmation is amazing. It actually works, but it has to be aligned to specific steps on a daily basis, on an annual basis, on a weekly basis. Don't just make a resolution. And declare it. And declare it. You know, that's, you know, that's just, that's just words. Mm -hmm. Action is what makes a difference actions speak louder than words mm-hmm. that's a, a good thing yeah. i've heard a lot of people mention the the vision boards and i yeah. like how you said that because when you think about a vision board it really is like you said a picture of the house a picture mm-hmm. of you know whatever you aspire but mm-hmm. it's not a true road to get there yeah and i really like that i'm big at writing things down mm-hmm. myself achievables and deliverables but i've never gone into such great detail like yeah. you mentioned and i think one of the things about the vision board and the storyboards again i'm not um, knocking the people who do those or who advocate for those is that so many times they're about what you want um, and what you want to become um, and a finite spot that you're going to. And I think that the, the risk with that is that you have to think about the places and the people and the things you would touch on, the, on along the way to that end goal that you have there. And that every place and person that you touch along the way to that goal that you have in that storyboard, Mm -hmm. you have to make a difference there on your way to the big picture. Right. So don't get so caught up in it that you take uh, risk or you would make poor decisions because you want to be in that end place. Um, Focus on 
the places that you are and make a difference where you right. are in the moment mm-hmm. and make sure that as you're working towards what might seem like a material achievement, um, a job or a salary or something, that what you're doing is also somehow contributing or helping or supporting somebody along oh, the way. Because no yeah. you want to get there and you don't want to be by yourself. Right. <laughs> you don't want to step on others to get yes. there. You don't want to leap across them. You want to help lift others up. And you're a perfect model for doing yeah. that. Thank you. It's fun at the top, but it's actually more fun when you have people to dance with up there. Oh, I like that saying. And then <laughs> I just made it up, I guess. Oh, well, we're going to have to coin that. It's fun at the top, but you want to have people to dance with when you get there. Dr. Mm-hmm. Joseph. <laughs> I wanted to ask you really quickly, um, just for anybody listening out there that might be encouraged by this message and might like to check mm-hmm. out your college, how could they find out some in- information about enrollment? Oh, wonderful. So if you go online right now, it's ggc.edu. Um, and we are easy to find Georgia Gwinnett College if you do a search. Um, so you could do a combination. We're going to have the links available. I'm showing the podcast, mm-hmm. our campus, for our LinkedIn site, our Facebook site is going to be in the podcast. So we're excited about what we do. And you'll be able to see the diversity of the campus, not just the people, but our mindset. Um, very inclusive, very global environment. And um, I welcome any anybody to to just reach out to us if you want i'll meet you at the front gates and i'll give you a tour but i was I, gonna say you, it sounds yeah. like you have an open door policy Absolutely. so you can go see dr joseph yes i know campus. of course my assistant just had a terrible panic <laughs> when i said <laughs> that i had i had some great conversations with your assistant before i got to reach you so i know her well um thank you so much dr joseph for sharing um your pearls of wisdom i know everybody out there listening is excited to hear your message my pleasure to be here and thanks for having of me of course and before Before we transition to our next powerhouse guest, we're going to have a message from one of our partners. Cat Rangers is saving lives of cats and kittens one paw at a time. They are the special forces of cat rescue and all of their felines recover in their lovely home-like center in Buford while they wait to find their forever homes. Cat Rangers is growing rapidly and is always seeking financial and volunteer support. Please contribute by visiting catrangers.org today. Fantastic. We love our furry friends at Cat Rangers. Um, I, it is my pleasure to welcome our next guest, Jerry Hewitt Miller. And I apologize. I always stumble on saying your name incorrectly. Okay. Thank you for joining us. She is the founder and principal of Wealth Horizon. Welcome. Good morning. Good morning. Hey, tell us a little bit really quickly about Wealth Horizon. Okay. Um, we are a comprehensive financial planning and wealth management firm. Um, We specialize in uh, higher net worth people, but we love helping everyone at any level. So um, don't be intimidated by um, the fact that we do work with high net worth people, but just know that we're here as a resource for you. Awesome. I think I would fall into the realm of not quite that high of net worth. Mm-hmm. So I'd be one of more of the educational clients that you, that you had. Um, as the founder and principal, tell us a little bit about what it took to build your company. Um, you've been with Wealth Horizon since 1994, correct? Yes. Okay. So tell us a little bit about your journey to establishing the company. I'm sure that was um, an interesting an interesting path and tell us a little bit about how you got to where you are today okay great um i was you know listening to dr joseph's story and she was so um just sure of where she wanted to go and how she was going to get there and my story is not like that (laughs) um i i always say when people ask me uh how did i choose this career 
this career chose, chose me. You. <laughs> yes, it absolutely did. And I found my niche. But uh, after I got out of college, I have a degree in clothing and textiles from the Ooh. University of North Carolina. And for the first 10 years, I was in the apparel industry. I was a buyer and traveling to New York and L.A. And Yes, and it sounded so exciting and glamorous, right? Well, (laughs) it really wasn't. But after 10 years, um, I was very bored. And I really think I set my sights too low. Um, And after the 10 years in that career, I realized that I, I wanted more. I wanted more of a cerebral challenge. Um, I knew I was very smart. I skipped my senior year in high school and went to college early. Wow. So, um, you know, I knew that I was smart and I knew Capable. that I was motivated. Capable. So, and I always wanted to own my own business. I From high school on, I just knew I wanted to own my own business. So, of course, I thought it was a, an apparel store, but that luckily that wasn't my path so um i started uh looking at different careers and actually took the lsat thought i wanted to be an attorney and through that whole journey um a friend of mine introduced me to the financial planning and wealth management world Mm -hmm. um even though i didn't really understand what that entailed everything that that entailed um my ex-husband at the time was very supportive he kind of saw that i would be very good at this so um with that support and with his confidence in me i took the leap Mm -hmm. and my my first couple of years um you know i ended up being rookie of the year um, congratulations and i did excel um but i realized that i wanted to be totally independent i didn't want to be an employee i wanted to sit on the same side of the table as my clients Mm -hmm. and uh 25 years ago i broke out on my own and opened wealth horizon and I saw the vision that people were going to want that unbiased advice, mm-hmm. not having to wonder if their advisor was going to get paid more because they were steering them in this direction. Right. So I started as a fee-based financial planner. And 25 years ago, that was unheard of. Mm. And today... You hear a lot about fiduciaries and uh, making sure that you do what's in your client's best interest. I think that I truly was a visionary 25 years ago seeing that that was the direction. That you wanted to go, yeah. Yes. You were invested in the relationship aspect, not exactly. just, just their dollars. Exactly. And I think people are more inclined to trust you in that regard as well because you formed that relationship with them and they are able to trust you. Um, with with something that was very valuable to them. Right. And, you know, financial planning, wealth management, it isn't all about money. Um, I have conversations with my clients about so many things that have nothing to do with money. So Um, you're a counselor, too. You know what? I am. (laughs) Never never planned to be, Uh but yes, I am. I mean, the relationships 
that I develop with my clients are very solid. I've mm-hmm. got clients that have been with me from the very beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, and we become, we become almost family members. Um, they become a part of our family, Wealth Horizon, and many of them, I do feel like I'm a part of their family. They uh, introduce their children to me and tell them that they feel like they've gotten wise counsel and that maybe they should listen to me yeah. and get some advice. So it's it's incredibly fulfilling. I know that I'm making a big difference in people's lives. So that takes me kind of to the, to the question that I asked Dr. Joseph as well. Um, it sounds like you're very passionate and enthusiastic, not only about your business, but yeah. about helping people and the mm-hmm. relationships that you form through the process. What would you say your why is, Jury? Why do you jump out of bed in the morning? To help people. To help people. A- a- absolutely. Um, I am um, very similar in Dr. Joseph. There's a word that guides my life today. What is that word? Grateful. 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 Thankful and grateful. Uh huh. And um, I am. I. I pinch myself. I came from very humble beginnings and never dreamed I would have the life I have today. Um, you built it for yourself. Well, I had a lot of help along the way. I had people that believed in me. I had mentors and um, I had, uh, I remember one of my first supervisors in this business said, you know, one day, Jerry, you're going to look around if you just keep working hard and you might be one of the last men standing. Of course, that's what he last said. Woman. Right. Standing. Right. Um, he said, but you're going to be giving speeches. And you know what? That's turned out to be true. And it has been hard. I mean, I spent 14 years. I was single and did nothing, almost nothing more than work, and just built my practice, and uh, got very involved with the Gwinnett community, mm-hmm. uh, with the Gwinnett Chamber, and certainly that has helped uh, us build Wealth Propel, Horizon. Yeah. The Chamber is a wonderful organization. I mm-hmm. very much enjoy participating in all facets, and I get to meet lovely individuals. Mm-hmm. Although we didn't meet at the Chamber. Actually, we did last night last for the night first time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, that's very exciting about your business. Congratulations to your success. Uh, I'd like to rewind just a little bit because obviously you said that when you went to school, it was for textiles. Right. So what did the 16-year-old Jury want to do when she grew up? I thought that I wanted to own a boutique, a clothing boutique. Um, But I really was aiming too low. That's what I found out in my 20s, is that I was aiming too low. Um, My mother was very achievement-oriented, and she actually went back to college when she was 30. And um, I wish that my mother always told me I could do whatever I wanted to but I really wish that they would my parents would have said aim higher aim higher and if I could give one piece of advice to any young woman out there wondering what she's going to do with her life and um, looking at the different career options 
aim higher. Shoot for the stars. It's shoot for the stars mm-hmm. and put yourself out of your comfort zone because I didn't think I would ever end up in financial planning and wealth management. And it was out of my comfort zone. But what I found out is the soft skills, the people skills I have, that's what's made me successful. Um, All of the number crunching and all of that. I mean, technology can do that Uh for us today. But the human factor, right, the Mm -hmm. human factor. But, um, you know, I'm an avid reader, I'm an avid researcher. And I love doing that. But the reason I get up every day and I, I do, I ask, hey, God, who can I serve today? Who needs to hear um, a comforting word? Who needs to hear some encouragement? And I look for that. I look for those people. And, and you lift them up. And I do. I do. I try to spend time. I try to make time. Uh, for anyone that comes to me asking for advice or just some time to listen to them. Well, I'm sitting amongst two wonderful servants here today, and I'm learning here as much as everybody else that's out there listening. I think what I'm gathering from your message, from both of your messages, definitely pay it forward. Mm -hmm. And don't be scared when someone asks you for assistance. Take that time out of your day and out of your life to invest in them, because once upon a time, even people in this room have Mm -hmm. taken the time to invest in me or us Mm -hmm. as individuals, Mm -hmm. and then it is our turn. to, to pay it forward, right. for lack of better term, for lack of better words. You mentioned that you're an avid reader. What are you yes. reading right now, or what have you recently completed um, <sighs> that you could recommend or that's interesting? Oh, my reading list is so long. I'm usually reading four books at a time. Oh. Uh, I so, can't juggle that many stories in my head. Uh, well, a lot of times I'm reading something just for pleasure, mm-hmm. but I'm always reading something about educational. my industry, something about the market. Uh, I love history, mm-hmm. and I truly believe that um, if we don't remember history, we're going to be doomed to um, repeat, repeat it. it. Yes. Yes. So um, I read a lot of history, and I think it helps me put things in perspective mm-hmm. when people say this is the worst time we've ever lived in. No, it's no. not. Yeah. <laughs> Every time in history has something worse it's it's issues and it's problems and you know what find a solution we're civilized we're lucky that we live in the time that we live in i mean we have so many resources so like dr joseph i don't want to be around those negative people Mm -hmm. you can always find everywhere negativity you can turn on the news and find negativity i want to focus on what's right I want to focus on the solutions. What do we need to do to make something better than it is right now? To make an impact. Mm-hmm. That that brings me to my next question um, about giving back. Mm-hmm. What are some organizations or some some something that you participate in that you're um, that you enjoy that okay. gives back to the community? Amanda, I am so glad you asked me that because. Um, when I went through Leadership Gwinnett, Gwinnett yeah. yeah, back in 2015, it really opened up my eyes to the needs of this community. Um, you know, we're a very prosperous community, but we have a, a portion of our community that... Um, underserved. Underserved, uh, underfed, um, homeless, mm-hmm. uh, drug addiction, 
there are so many needs in our community and my eyes really got open to that so four years ago I started um, something called the Gwinnett Giving Girls it's a giving circle and I did it in conjunction with the Community Foundation of Northeast Georgia and the first year was about 18 women Um, we all came together and we donated money and the purpose of that was so that we could give a grant to um, a very deserving smaller nonprofit and our focus is on nonprofits that serve women and children yes so the first year we gave a grant to a woman who realized that that a lot of single women are held back from going back to college or going to maybe a technical school to help them get further ahead so her nonprofit was raising money to help women like that have child care because they can go to school exactly that is like such a big um detriment yeah yeah in in a young woman doing that so the exciting thing about that grant Mm -hmm. even though we gave her what i consider a small grant five thousand dollars to her it was huge and she came back and reported to us this year she just got a hundred thousand dollar grant from a foundation wow so she contributes that belief that we had in her backed up by our grant of getting her to where she is now oh that's amazing right so fast fulfilling and so fulfilling Mm -hmm. fast forward uh now we're in our fourth year and we have about 50 members and now we're giving two grants and the way we decide who we're going to give them to we have a committee that goes uh and vets about six nonprofits mm-hmm. that are nominated to us and we have them come in and present to us so we have three uh come on one evening and three come on another evening and then in december we have a christmas party and we give our grants that's exciting so it, it it really is i'm so excited about the enthusiasm and as people more and more women are hearing about it they're like oh i want to come to that yeah. yeah well you mentioned that you had five, uh, 50 people on the committee or that participate in the in the, the Gwinnett group giving girls in Gwinnett giving girls and i'm sure that started out with just a handful so in the four years' time, you've grown not only the volunteers and participants, mm-hmm. but you've grown the number of people that you've been able to impact. Yes. That's yes. so exciting. It sounds like you and Dr. Joseph both have a similar passion um, for for giving back. And, mm-hmm. and I would agree with you. It is a um, very underserved um, portion of, of the community. Mm-hmm. And I would say I don't have any children myself, but I can only imagine when I was in college how difficult it would have been to juggle child care in addition to furthering my education. So I applaud you for your Gwinnett Giving Girls. I'll have to check that out online. Please do. Yes. We do, we do have Facebook page. Okay. I'll like you on Facebook page. Yeah. Very cool. Well, to anybody that's out there with, with all the inspiration that you've given, not only about yourself and about, um, what what would you consider this? A nonprofit that you yes, started? Yes, it's a nonprofit. You're a nonprofit. Right. What advice would you give to someone out there that's looking to kind of get the wheels going, kind of um, move 
forward and advance within their career or an initiative that they're trying to begin? Okay. Well, for your career, I definitely advise find mentors. And, um, you know, who you choose to surround yourself with um, is, I think, the most important thing in getting you to the next level and the next level. You want to uh, be around people that will inspire you, be around people that believe in you, and will help you have confidence in yourself when you may not, Um, and read, read, read. I was on a panel, interestingly enough, with uh, Terry Jandal, uh-huh. the owner. Underwriter, the, yes, right, of, of this wonderful of, show. Right. <laughs> and she said, you know, reading has been everything for her in terms of um, of just Staying opening sharp, her yeah. eyes to what's out there. And I think a lot of times as women, um, we have negative self-talk. And you have to turn that off. Yeah, Yeah, you have to turn it off. You have to just, I mean, very intentionally when negative thoughts come into your mind about you. Rebuke them. Right. You just have to say, no, I'm going to I'm going to turn that that thought around and I'm going to make it something positive. So um, in terms of starting a new initiative, Mm -hmm. I think that the best advice that I could give you. I loved uh, Dr. Joseph's advice about you've got to have a plan. Mm -hmm. You have to have a plan. You have to have goals and you have to measure them and you have to go back and see where you were successful, where you weren't. You're going to learn from the areas that you weren't successful in. You are going to learn. And if you Take those lessons and you build on those. And next time, try something else. But the most important thing with starting a new initiative is to have a plan. And start working that plan and things will things will unfold. You know, some of them might not be pleasant, but just keep going, putting one foot in front of the other. And you'll be surprised when you look back. You know, like I think about my career, you know, overnight success, <laughs> 25 years later. Boom. Right, uh-huh. right. But um, just persevere. work that plan. Persevere. 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 Well, I don't, I don't want to discredit before we depart all of the committees and boards that you also serve on. Mm-hmm. So I do have your bio here in front of me. So I understand that you're not only on the board of the Chamber of Commerce, but also for the Gwinnett Leadership Organization of Women. Yes. I'm unfamiliar with that program. Tell Um, us a little bit about it. Gwinnett Leadership Organization for Women is actually um, a program that is a part of the chamber. Okay. So, uh, in fact, Dr. Joseph last week was on a panel of powerhouse women. For GLOW. For GLOW, yes. Yes. So, um, it's an amazing organization. Sometimes we have 150 women, 175 women that attend our luncheons, and you can find out about it by going to the Gwinnett Chamber of Commerce website. Website. And um, just a little plug, we have a luncheon next Tuesday, and we have the vice president of Kendra Scott (gasps) coming to talk to us about 
branding. Nice. And uh, isn't that here? Yes. Yeah. 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 Uh, yes, it yes. is. It's at it's at the Sinesta. Yeah. Yes. So um, we bring those type of programs to professional women, to community leaders, uh, to young professionals. It is so important if you're a young woman in this community, get connected mm-hmm. with other young women. And GLOW is a great place to do that, Gwinnett Leadership Organization for Women. Ah, There's that's also, what that stood for. Silly me. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then the other uh, organization I would have them look at is Young Professionals. Mm-hmm. I'm a participant. You're a participant. Yes. Okay. So you can get connected with these groups. Just, you know, don't take no for an answer. Mm-hmm. You know, find out how you can get connected and come to these organizations, and you're going to meet women who will love to help you. Like-minded. Yes. I like it. Yes. Well, I'm going to um, have to check out the GLOW event. I, I knew it was coming up, but I, I was unfamiliar with when, so thank you for Tuesday. reminding me. Tuesday. Tuesday at 1130. And I know they have a panel of powerhouse women as well, and I'm yes. excited to hear what they have to say. Um, are there any parting thoughts that you'd like to leave the audience that's listening about just about anything? Sure. Um Yes, I have a parting thought. And my parting thought is every day do something kind for yourself. Oh, for yourself. For yourself. Because if you aren't full, if I'm not full, if I don't, for me, it's working out, exercising Mm -hmm. every morning, spending my time, my quiet time in the morning. I get up early, so I have a good 30 minutes that I can... Uh, focus on positive things and think about my day ahead and reflect reflect and think about what I want that to look like with people that I'm going to be meeting with Um, so I am full when I walk out my door I am full and I'm ready to give to someone else so be kind to yourself that's amazing. Thank you for sharing that because we oftentimes forget about ourselves when we're doing so many things for others or for our careers. Mm-hmm. And I like that. I do take the time to work out, but I never thought about it as as loving myself or doing for myself like you just said. So I'll have to take that into consideration. Those endorphins, they're, Those endorphins, they get, they they get, get you to going. going. Orange Theory. Yeah. Shout out. Thank you, ladies, so much for your time today. I'm truly honored to have had the chance to speak to both of you. I know all of our listeners were able to um, find some some knowledge and some tidbits in there that they can use and take forward. Um, before we go, I did want to mention that Celebrating Powerhouse Women is presented by CAB Incorporated, and this series is also brought to you in part by McCarthy Building Companies. McCarthy is a community-based general contractor specializing in healthcare, education, aviation, and commercial construction projects. They are committed to helping their clients achieve their short and long-term strategic goals. The McCarthy Partnership for Women believes that diverse perspectives drive better outcomes and is thrilled to support this Celebrating Powerhouse Women series. I want to close really quickly with something that came to mind when we were chatting about obstacles and uncomfortability. Uh, Mark Owen has a saying that says, become comfortable in the uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Now, when you think about that, it's like, what? Become comfortable in the uncomfortable. How do I do that? Well, I think that you guys both capitalized on how we can all do that and achieve success. Mm -hmm. So again, thank you ladies so much for being with us. This podcast will be available for you guys to share and listen to afterwards. Mm -hmm. It'll be on our website at businessradiox.com. 
Also on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spotify, YouTube, or your favorite podcast app. Remember that you can listen to our live broadcast every Friday at 1130 a.m. on Business Radio X by selecting the Gwinnett Studio. And until next time, I'm Amanda Pierch, and this has been Celebrating Powerhouse Women on Business Radio X. Thank you.